Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, it's good to be here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. We're live at the Ottawa Curling Club. We are. Before our Monday night draw, after a a super uh, big sports day yesterday, Sean, did you know there was a big game on? I heard that. Didn't catch any of it. You know, oh, sadly, I was watching a football game instead. Oh, I was talking um, about uh, Jennifer Jones and Carrie yeah, Anderson. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, so uh, no, there was a lot of sports going on yesterday. Uh, certainly a lot of provincial championships. You know, we talked uh, last week about some of the ones that we were looking forward to watching and seeing. Now, everything has played out across the country except for the men's playdowns in Manitoba and Alberta, which are upcoming this week. So as we talk here on Monday night, the Scotties field is set. The Briar field is mostly set. Mm-hmm. So we are just going to go through, talk province by province about the playdowns that happened uh, and, and maybe look forward a little bit to the, the national championships. Not too much because we'll have time for that later, but just talk about what went down, what surprised us, what didn't surprise us, what was... Uh, entertaining what was not entertaining (laughs) in a couple cases uh so we will uh we'll break all that down so let's start east we're gonna go east to west for this and we had already talked about the newfoundland and labrador women's championship team curtis of course winning that but scott on the men's side brad gushu not a surprise that he wins maybe a little surprising that in the final game he has to play all 10 ends yeah, yeah. Brad Gushu obviously is the prohibitive favorite anytime, maybe even anytime he's in any bond spiel. But uh, sure, in, in the Newfoundland playdown, he was the favorite. Uh, Trent Skeynes, uh made it to the final after winning the semifinal against Andrew Simmons, who I believe was the representative last year. Yes, at with the uh, Gushu is Team Canada. That's right. So... Yeah, like you say, Sean, uh, they had to play 10 ends. They were uh, tied, I believe, 1-1 for quite a long time in the game. Or it might have been 2-1 to one for for uh, Brad Gushu. And then after the fifth end, there was four straight blanks. Yeah. And then Gushu got one in the last. So, yeah, they must have been up 2-1. It was a 3-1 final. Yeah, but that, you know, it shows... Something there for uh, Trevor Skeynes and his team. You know, certainly Brad Gushu would have probably wanted to maybe push the envelope a little bit more, but obviously Team Skeynes there is going to play it defensively because when you're outmatched like that, you want to keep it close, get it to the end, and maybe something crazy happens in, in a last end. So probably a good strategy for them. We certainly saw it a lot in the early aughts with some of the... Uh, Chinese teams that were coming up, uh, Bing Yu Wang did this a lot, mm-hmm. where she just kept it open and keep close games, and then at the end try and crack something, and you win a lot of games that way. So a good strategy there for Team Skeins. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, it's actually my strategy that I talked about <laughs> a couple weeks ago on this, uh, going into the Rito men's spiel. I, I just like keeping it open because I don't think we're good enough to mess <laughs> it up, and uh, turns out we weren't, Sean. So, uh, yeah, obviously a good strategy, but... Uh, you know, no surprise for Brad Gushu to be heading back to the Briar, where he'll be one of the favorites in the field. Oh, no, no question about that. So uh, certainly congratulations to them. Another championship for Brad Gushu. Uh, I think someone someone did stats I saw on Twitter. Over the last 15 years of Brad Gushu and provincial playdowns, he's given up a two once. Wow. Or something like some sort of crazy thing. He's lost one game in 15 years at a Newfoundland playdown just... Uh, the the class of Newfoundland currently, uh, obviously, uh, at this point. So yeah. uh, we talked last time about PEI. So we'll sort of jump over them, and we're That's excited. Right. We're excited. Suzanne Burt's coming back. That's mm-hmm. basically it. Uh, so let's move on then to Nova Scotia, Scott. 
the great and powerful Jamie Murphy is back. Yes, Sean. How excited are you? I'm excited for Jamie Murphy. I think he's a fun player to uh, to have there. He'll get a feature game probably on Saturday or Sunday, maybe the Sunday morning, see how the schedule breaks. But uh, mm-hmm. he'll get a feature game, and it'll be fun. Yeah, he's one of these guys that he knows that he's not the best, but they go and say, we hope we can compete. To make the championship pool would be would be like a bonus for them. Yeah, they want to make that pool, right? I think yeah. that's their goal. If they can get to the, the Thursday, Friday, then they're they're doing well there. So always fun to see them. And then on the women's side, Scott, we had a lot of fun in Nova Scotia mm-hmm. where Colleen Jones played Marianne Arsenault. Of course, they were on those great Colleen Jones teams in the early aughts mm-hmm. that uh, won all those Scotties. Kim Kelly throwing last rock for Colleen Jones. And then it, as an added little bonus, Na- Nancy Delahunt, who threw lead, held the broom on those teams, was doing the commentary. So all four of those just legendary women in Nova Scotia curling, Canadian curling, uh, were there together at this Nova Scotia final. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I We, we were watching this uh, at my house, and our dad didn't seem to love the commentary, but I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Nancy Delahunt provides a good insight to all of those curlers, yeah. because obviously having curled with them for so long, pretty good. Uh, we also saw Colleen Jones and Kim Kelly lose to their senior team champion or other their other player from their senior team uh they're getting the band back together as it were as marianne is now uh, qualified for seniors so uh, they're going to play one last run and i think i heard on the two girls podcast that marianne is actually going to move to british columbia oh okay uh, at the end of the year so getting married and moving out to bc and uh nothing wrong with that yeah, good for her. Uh, that's exciting uh, to move all the way across the country. So it's, it's, it's like five time zones away. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun to to see them at the seniors. Marianne Arsenault, co- of course, a couple of years ago, uh, had that great run mm-hmm. uh, with the the younger women that she plays with. Uh, really, really a lot of fun there in Penticton, I believe it was. Yeah, all the way to um, the finals. Right? Yeah, so they had a, a really semifinals, I think. Mm. A great run there. So uh, a lot of fun out of Nova Scotia to see that uh, that final that we got to see. Uh, then over in New Brunswick, happening at the same time, Andrea Crawford picks up a win. Not quite the same resume as obviously those teams in Nova Scotia, but a very solid resume that she has been to a bunch of Scotties. So Andrea Crawford heading back. I think this will be either her eighth or ninth, but don't quote me on that. That's just off the top of my head. And she actually made a really great shot on her last in the 10th. It was like some kind of crazy double or triple uh, to run the other team out of rocks and, and clinch the victory. And yep. I, I was sort of wa- watching that and watching the Nova Scotia at the same time. And all of a sudden I just heard, oh, what a great, like yeah, very yeah. loud. Like what, what just happened? Oh boy. And I thought that the other team had made a great shot and had had like come from behind to win. But, yep. but no, uh, Andrew Crawford's team going back like that team. Uh, they just are nice to watch. I think they, they're really uh, aggressive, uh, keep a lot of stones in play. We can only hope that they're going to be in the same pool as Suzanne Burt from PEI, and that's we can get like another big scoring well, it's a game. Good, it's a good thing they went to digital scoreboards because they, <laughs> they wouldn't have enough numbers for that. Yeah, they'd run out of the uh, big, nu- big numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it'll be a lot of fun to see Andrew Crawford back. On the men's side yesterday, Scott, James Grattan in what was a surprisingly uh, just I, I don't know why I was so surprised by how intrigued and interested I was in this game once we flipped the speed on mm-hmm. uh, James Grattan the final end he's down a point I think they were uh, tied or excuse he, me yeah he, he so yeah so he gets the steal uh, to win the game yeah in the tenth on a shot that I mean the We'll talk about what the feeds were, but it wasn't necessarily clear from the feed what who was shot first. Yeah. Uh, so he has to come down basically a back four-foot stone that's appeared to be overburied. He comes down with like a back 12-foot weight, makes the tap, sits two, and uh, then... Uh, and Jason Roach Jason Roach just... He, he had a damn near impossible <laughs> shot, yeah. and he couldn't make it, but just an absolute pistol from uh, Jim, Jimmy Gratton. Yeah, Jimmy the Kid. And it's one of those things where, especially, you know, Russ talks about it a lot, but the ice in, in a place like New Brunswick, mm-hmm. 
maybe there's a little more curl because they set it up for a championship condition, right? When the, the, the ends that we saw, certainly wasn't that straight ice that you hear so much about it in New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. And somebody like James Gratton, who has been to the Briar so often, maybe that gives him a little bit of an advantage from some of the players who are more used to that straight ice. Yeah, it could be. could be. It, uh, I believe they played that at the Fredericton Curling Club, uh, and they were also promoting that they're going to have the Canada Cup yeah. in Fredericton next year. So they're uh, you know, promoting some sicket, sicket tales. I mean, <laughs> ticket sales. And, uh, and, and yeah, looking forward to that event. I might see, uh, see if I can swing a work trip around that time, yeah. uh, get, down, get down to Fredericton and, uh, you know, make it worth my, worth my while. Yeah, and, of course, uh, James Gratton, your personal friend, your close personal friend. Yeah, I was telling you this story yesterday, Sean. Uh, James Gratton, he works for Air Canada. And as I was in Fredericton for work one time, I you know, went to the airport for my flight. And sure enough, the guy at the check-in counter was James Gratton. And I said to him, hey, you're, uh, are you James Gratton? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's me. I go, oh, cool. I, I really like watching you on TV. It must be pretty fun to play, uh, play in a briar, eh? And he said, yeah, oh, it's really great, really great. And I, and I said, uh, any upgrades on this flight? Uh, <laughs> no, they don't fly those kind of planes to Fredericton. So uh, pretty fun. And then, you know, uh, these small airports, you check me in and then, he was the guy that was checking boarding passes on the uh, yeah. way to the plane. So, uh, jack of all trades there at uh, yeah. YFC. So there you go. Yeah, next time you're flying Air Canada through Fredericton, say hi for us. Yeah. Um, as we continue to move west in Quebec, uh, on the women's side, Naomi Vero wins. Scott, what do we know about Team Vero? Other than I believe this is another young women's team who's coming out representing Quebec. Yeah, we don't know much, yeah. Sean. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, who was who was the team that was supposed to be the favorite, uh, according to when we did our, our little preview, uh, who used to play in Ontario? Julie Tippin. Right, Julie Tippin. They, they seem to get off to a bit of a rough start in the event. Uh, had a lot of good players on, on her team, yeah. but couldn't carry, like got a little bit better towards the end of the week. But uh, no, this, this Quebec team just came on fire and had a really good week. Yeah, so uh, congratulations to them. On the men's side in Quebec, you have Alec Bedard uh, coming up through a field, a pretty good field there, uh, you know, beating the likes of Mark Holman. Uh, Mike Fournier was in this field. Uh, so, you know, that's a, that's a good win for Team Bedard. Uh, I don't know much about them. I believe the, the, I believe he's the son of a pretty famous Quebec curler. So it seems like the next generation of Quebec curling is coming up through the ranks. Uh, Mike Fournier, as you mentioned, lost out in the... Uh, semi-final game a uh, real tough loss for him he, he had a pretty good blog entry about it so I encourage you to you all to go and check that yeah, out yeah the in the house or from the house blog good, good question something along those lines <laughs> yeah definitely check that out uh, there then we'll get into Ontario we are now at the Ottawa Curling Club as we mentioned home of the 2020 Ontario women's curling champions Rachel Homan and her team I, I don't want to say they didn't break a sweat all week Scott but uh, they were obviously the class of the field. Yeah, they, they were the class of the field. It, it, nobody's surprised that they won. No. They, they didn't play their best game in that final on Saturday night. Uh, of course, I had the opportunity to go and spend the day in lovely Cornwall yeah. on Saturday, and I was tweeting up a storm. Uh, sorry for, <laughs> for everyone having to read that, but it was pretty fun to be there. They... At the speech after the the game was over, uh, Rachel took the mic and thanked all the volunteers and the fans and everything. Uh, she did. It seemed to me she had like maybe a subtle dig at the other team because she said, "Oh, they played such a great game, uh, so good." But you know, my teammates they really made a lot of shots and like bailed me out when I was missing a ton. And when she said missing a ton, I was like, <laughs> "Oh man, yeah, that's really more shaded, Holly Duncan." <laughs> Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. but but it was a, a pretty fun event. Uh, Team Duncan had a really hard day. They they hung with home in there. They that was their third game of the day. They came yeah. through the tiebreaker in the morning. Uh, then they they played Danielle Inglis's team, who had an amazing week. They were six and one. Their only loss was to Homan. Yep. I and they they didn't qualify last year for provincials. So for this year, for them to come in. Really good run. Basically, basically run the field. Yeah. And 
just she, Danielle had missed a shot in the eighth end of the semifinal, gave up a steal of two, and that was basically it. It was it, it was sort of heartbreaking to watch because they were in control of the game the whole time. I you always felt like okay, they're they got a hold of the ice better, uh, faster. You know, they sort of figured it out a little bit, and uh, but just at the end couldn't come through. So uh, a great week for them. Uh, lots to build on for next year. So. Yeah, as you said, the only loss they have in the round robin is to Rachel Holman. Mm -hmm. um, the other team that was in that tie break that Holly Duncan played in the morning, Justin Murphy, good week for them at five and three. There was a real break in the field that was went to f from five and three to three and five. Yeah. Uh, so there's sort of the tier two tiers almost uh, of the field. Maybe the only surprise in that, you know, Jackie Harrison, uh, Julie Hastings at the bottoms of that. Uh, maybe a little surprising. Those are two good teams who are regularly at the provincial championships, but. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, no, I mean, in the final, yeah, it's great for Holly Duncan and her team to be able to uh, go in. They only lose by a point. They take it the distance. Uh, but overall, when you're looking at the week and the scores, it, this was Rachel Holman's events. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they dominated really start to start to finish for a, another Purple Heart. Exactly, yeah. So they'll be heading down the road to Kingston. Yeah, they'll be the home team. And you remember the last... Oh, not Kingston. No, sorry. That's the oh, men. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Um, the men are in Kingston. Yeah. They'll be going way down the road if you take the Trans-Canada to Moose Jaw. Yeah, to Moose Jaw. You could take um, it right from Ottawa, right? Yeah. 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 Straight shot. <laughs> Piece of cake. Uh, so, yeah. So, in Moose Jaw, where we will see cutaways for the advertising in and out of commercial with the car at the Al Capone Hotel... Put the over under yep. at 247 and a half times that we'll see that shot take the over. Are we going to get um, some more of those little segments with Vic going to visit places? I feel like they haven't done they haven't that done in the last those in a couple while, of years. No. no, I want to see Vic in the tunnels, right? Maybe we could volunteer. We'll, we'll to tell do TSN, hey. We'll do them. We'll do them. Fly us out. That's it. You don't have to pay us anything. Yeah. You know, I'll work for scale. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right so, on. Uh, on the men's side, uh, the men and women in Ontario running concurrent events, and John Epping comes out on top on the men's side. Not much of a final with Glenn Howard. Uh, no, you, you bit of a route. Give up three in the first end, and I believe Glenn said on the broadcast there, he said, uh, boy, not the start I would have liked. No. And to be fair, I don't think anybody would like that. Against a team as good as John Epping, you can't really afford to let it get away too fast, and and with the lead of three, it seemed like the Howard team was taking a few more chances than they usually would yep. uh, in, in that final. Of course, they beat Scott McDonald on Saturday in the semifinal. And Team McDonald looked to be really on fire for the first two and a seven-eighths of an end. <laughs> uh, Scott McDonald's last own in three sort of uh, overcurled and was light a bit. It gave Glenn Howard a chance to come through a hole for four. He pops a four spot right there. The, the boys are all pumped up. You know, I'm used to seeing this from Team Jacobs, but <laughs> not from uh, from Glenn Howard. They were pretty amped up, and uh, they got another four a couple of ends later. Mm. I really broke things open. Yeah. Uh, McDonald team also came through a tie break there against what I would say is the, the story of the week. Matthew Hall yeah. comes back from a year in BC playing with Tyler Tardy skipping his own team and had a pretty solid week there finishing five and three yeah i believe they beat um that was the tie break the uh, mcdonald and, yeah. and hall matt hall were in the uh, the tie break That's to right. get to yeah, that yeah. semifinal, both at five and three yeah i i forget who i think maybe the three losses were against those three uh three teams but uh but anyway a really good week for them a young skip up and coming the whole team's pretty good uh, we'll we'll be looking for them in the future uh, oh, of Ontario. Yeah, curling. yeah. So Scott McDonald's third loss was to John Wilsley, who was at four and four. Uh, right, right, and right. then uh, Matt Hall loses to the three other teams ahead of him mm -hmm. uh, or with him there, which you know it's hard to really be critical of that. Uh, yeah. A lot of people lose those games. So um, the other thing that's that's sort of interesting, you know, with Matt Hall, that's somebody to pay attention to. You figure in the next couple of years, there's going to be a playoff spot kind of up for grabs as Glenn Howard probably, who knows, uh, doesn't start, starts to not play anymore. Uh, we'll see if Scott 
wants to take that role as skip. It, it, that'll be an interesting transition with that team. But somebody like Matt Hall, uh, you know, a junior curler coming into the men's game with a lot of success out of Ontario, uh, you know, that, that'll be fun to have one of those teams, hopefully, in Ontario. You know, we've yeah. seen it in a lot of other provinces. In Ontario, it seems like the junior guys have separated and, and joined up with other teams, like more established teams. Uh, and you also have kind of this power at the top that is hard to break into in mm-hmm. Ontario right now on the men's side. So uh, hopefully those guys can can continue to play and, and make Ontario even more interesting than it already is. Yeah, I think and I think they will. And I, th- I believe the move for Scott from uh, from lead to third this two years ago, I guess, was in preparation for him to take over the Howard team. So right. that, I think that team will still be there. But yeah, this this uh, Matthew Hall team uh, really strong, uh, and and yeah, it's nice to see it not being you know another team in a, in Alberta yeah. coming up or another team in Manitoba. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty stoked on it. Yeah, and shout out to Steve Allen from the Ottawa Curling Club who uh, played. They got I think they won their last game uh, to get off the Schneid for the for actually the week. yeah they went two and zero on Friday so, so they go. won their last yeah. two. So a good way to finish. Yeah, pretty uh, good. for Steve Allen. Uh, so we'll move west. Two, I guess north, excuse me, northern Ontario. I almost forgot about northern Ontario. And, and the people out west are saying, yes, of course you did. It's not a real <laughs> province. Uh, but we'll move north uh, to perhaps, I don't know, Scott, what's, what's less of a surprise? Gushu or Jacobs? Uh, Jacobs is less of a surprise. Okay. Even though the field is big. But it, there's nobody there. Yeah, to there, play yeah there, was, there, there was really nobody who could hold a candle to Brad Jacobs there in the Northern Ontario men's playdowns. Uh, yeah, without, without Tanner Horgan there, there, there really weren't any competitive games outside, uh, or sorry, that included Brad Jacobs. There no. were some competitive, interesting games where Brad Jacobs was not participating. Yeah. But uh, where Brad Jacobs was on the ice, sort of just uh, ran through the field there. Uh, so Brad Jacobs is going to represent Northern Ontario. On the women's side, a little more competitive, but as we thought last week, uh, there was a class of that field as well, and it's Krista McCarvel, and she comes through and wins uh, a little closer in the final than anything that Brad Jacobs had to yeah. deal with. But two not surprising results there in Northern Ontario. No, not surprising at all. I, I believe uh, Krista McCarville was up two without Hammer in the last end and, and ran. Either ran her out of stones or uh, it ended, ended up 6-5, I believe, yes. is the final. 6-5 is the final there. So, uh, yeah, McCarville against Krista Burns there, the Battle of the Kristas, spelt differently, yes. one with an I and one with a Y. Uh, in speaking to sort of, the, are we surprised by this, Sean? The, the strength of field measurement that Curling Zone <laughs> uses is is usually a good indicator of how many high level teams there are at any event. And at, at the Northern Ontario Women's, the strength of field measure was 0.75. Yeah. Uh, now McCarville's team is really good; they just don't play a lot, so right. so that's sort of why it, it uses order of merit ranking which we've discussed before, is not always the best. No. But uh, the Northern Ontario men's was about 1.4. And you'll see for the the Canada Cup will be around 12, right? 11 or 12 uh, for a f- strength of field measurement just for comparison. So Yeah, so winning the Northern Ontario Provincials doesn't get you a lot of points on the order of merit. No, that's uh, either, right. Either, right? So it's, it's sort of this vicious cycle of... You know, we don't have a lot of points to begin with, but the fact that we don't have points means we can't get points when we're playing in the provincials. Yeah. It's this weird, uh, weird dynamic. Well, catch yeah. 22. Yeah, but two, uh, two familiar teams there. And actually, uh, in the 10th the end, Scott, Chris McCarville had scored two in the ninth to go up to. Right. Uh, so, uh, so the other team had the, the other... Uh, Krista had, had the hammer yeah. and only was able to get one. Yeah, uh, I believe on, the, on her last... Uh, uh, Krista McCarville was able to, you know, make a double or something. And yeah, she had to try a hero yeah, yeah, shot. Yeah. So uh, so there you go. So we'll move over to Manitoba. Uh, change in format in Manitoba this year for the women, where they went away from the ABC draws to a page. They reduced the number of teams they allowed uh, into the women's field this year. Didn't do so for the men. Seems like a point of contention. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the three teams, Scott, that we thought at the start of the week we would see in the playoffs, because they got rid of the page, just semifinal, final, now top three teams, 
They were the three playoff teams. Carrie Anderson finishes first, gets the bye to the final. And Jennifer Jones, Tracy Fleury play in the semifinal. That's right. Uh, color me surprised yeah. uh, about this. And somebody described this format, Sean, as uh, absolutely the worst format possible. <laughs> uh, I'll leave you to go look it up. Who, who said that? But she played in the uh, semifinal and the final. Uh, so, yeah, it... It seemed the pools were a little bit strange. Uh, for the, So they did two preliminary pools yep. with the top two in each pool moving into a championship round and playing crossover games. Right. So Tracy Fleury was the team that wasn't in the pool with Anderson and Jones. Correct. And so went 6-0, and or was it 5-0? and 5-0. and 5-0, so it's two pools of six. Yep. And then during the crossover, uh, you know, lost to Carrie Anderson – but beat Jennifer Jones. Yep. So the, the, the sort of crossovers seemed to me to be, why do we need to do this? And it's, it just seemed like a way to eliminate another team. <laughs> One yeah. more team to be like, oh, yeah, you're not actually good enough to, to be in there. Yeah, it's, yeah. whereas with, with the Scotties and the Briar, where you're doing the crossovers at eight... Uh, there's a little more movement there. When, yeah. you're, when you have a three-team playoff and four teams get to the second round, that is a little strange. Um, so, yeah, and the, yeah, you're right. The, the pools didn't seem very balanced either, just in general. Mm-hmm. You know, Tracy Fleury, Christy Watling was the other team that makes it to the championship pool. That's out of Tracy Fleury's pool. Only game she loses is to Tracy Fleury yeah. in that initial round. But in the other pool, you had Anderson... Uh, Jennifer Jones, Darcy Robertson mm-hmm. was in that pool. Uh, Terry Ursel was in that pool okay. as well. So, I mean, some some good teams. You know, Tracy Fleury did have to deal with Teresa Cannon, Beth Peterson. Uh, so, so, like, these are good teams, but it really did seem that the strength of the field was in the second pool. Yeah, and, and there was even a big upset in that second pool where Abby Ackland came up and, and beat Carrie Anderson, I think, in the first game. Hmm. So... A bit of an unexpected outcome there. So, so it was sort of showing that, like, I guess on any day, any team can win. But we still got down to the the three that we expected. Yeah, and you're right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Abby Ackland does get that win. Uh, so, let's talk, Scott. Uh, Jennifer Jones wins the semifinal against Tracy Fleury. But let's talk about that final. That final was <laughs> spectacular in how weird it was. Yeah, what did you say? It was drunk? It was drunk. The game yeah. was drunk. Uh, Jennifer Jones gets a steal of two in the first end uh, after a big Carrie Anderson miss. Then she gets the force uh, and then gets forced on a miss that she like, she had a shot for a couple. Mm-hmm. She missed it but sort of gets a roll like she was heavy, I believe, and sort of taps hers in uh, on, a, on a shot that she tried to play. And then the game just goes haywire. Uh, it's another, so it's 3-1, Jones forces again, and it's 3-2, and then it all just hits the fan. It all hits the fan It all there, hits yeah. the fan. Jennifer Jones gives up a steal of three. Uh, she, I believe, is light on a draw that uh, might have got into the top 12 foot, but she only needed, I think, full eight full foot eight to foot, score. Yeah. yeah. And Jennifer Jones gives up a steal of three on that. You never see that until, like, the last year. And after that, you think... Oh, well. Well, Carrie Anderson's gonna, got it. She's going to run away with it. Yeah. And she, she did and, not. Well, she she gets the force back in the next end, too, which is. Yeah. So you're like, okay, this is done and dusted, right? We can turn this game off. Yep. Uh, turns out, no, because Anderson comes deep on a draw in the next end in the seventh. Like, way deep. Like, went through the like house. Through the house deep, deep. And gave up a steal of two. Yeah. So, so Jennifer Jones gives up a steal of three when she has to hit eight foot. Carrie Anderson needed to hit full 12 foot to only give up a steal of one. Right. And she gives up a steal of two. Yeah, it was like insane. The, these are misses that if I do it or anybody out here who you hear in the background does it, you're like, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Uh, but the people who were playing in this game don't do that. So it was really just shocking to see that steal of two in the seventh end. Yeah, big time, big time. And then so to, to Anderson's credit, they kind of regroup – get a blank, get their two and nine yep. where you're thinking, oh man, now jo- Jones has a chance to get her two back and, and just can't do it. Uh, Anderson made a beauty draw sort of through a port yeah. to, to sit on the button. Yeah, it was covering basically. the pin. 
And and Jen Jen Jones was set up for at least the two. I know I mean, oh, yeah. more than two doesn't matter, but you know if it was earlier in the game, that setup could have led to a three, maybe even a four. Well, she was set up so well because, wow, somebody's yelling out there. Yeah, jeez. Uh, she was set up so well partly because Carrie Anderson's first was heavy. Yeah. And uh, big miss. Big miss, and it seemed like Jones couldn't take advantage. They, and and Anderson had a chance then to to do it again, and you always as a skip or any player really you want to throw shot. that same so t- th- the yeah there the you same go. shot <laughs> twice yeah so she makes the draw right on the pin and then on Jennifer Jones's <clears throat> last shot she has to come through that same hole with a little more weight tap the shot stone into the back eight foot to win mm-hmm. uh, if, if you tap to the back four you get the single and you're going to an extra end and they called the sweep early. And then they called them off, and yeah. it seemed like this was pointed out on Twitter to us that uh, you know we just wrote that it looked like it picked. It seemed like it picked right when the stones came up or, or the brooms came, came up. up. So yeah. maybe something falls off a broom there. Uh, yeah. Didn't get to see the replay of it. Unfortunate uh, turn of events there for Jennifer Jones. So with a game that was just wild start to finish, maybe f- maybe ending on a pick is appropriate. Yeah, it seems appropriate. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, but you know what, Sean? As convoluted as this format was, and as strange as the playoffs were, it doesn't matter. Flurry and Jones will be playing each other in the wild card game on Friday night, February fourteenth. Yep. Nice Valentine's Day date if you can get it when you're out in uh, Moose Jaw. Yep. Get a date. Take uh, that person to the to the Scotties. Yeah. Why not? I believe that game will be at six thirty Eastern, or excuse me, eight thirty Eastern time, six thirty local, I believe. And if you're out in Moose Jaw, it's free. Isn't Saskatchewan on Central time now? No, in the summer it's an hour. Really? Yeah, in the winter it's two. Nah. Who knew? Yeah, because they don't spring forward. We spring forward to get closer to them. Okay. I, I believe you. I'm, I'm just, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's Manitoba. Moving on to Saskatchewan, Sean. Yeah, let's go to Saskatchewan. Uh, over the course of the week, we thought on the men's side, two teams that figured we could expect to win they play in that great a final thursday afternoon and then matt dunstone falls to the c kirk myers beats cody hartung in the one two game matt dunstone beats jason jacobson and then card cody hartung in the semifinal, and they meet up again in the i believe is this the third straight year that this was the final um of saskatchewan certainly last year kirk myers gets the win this year Matt Dunstone is able to pull it out. Yeah, yeah. They played really well. It was a very solid game. Uh, the difference seemed to be when Duns- Dunstone was able to get multiple points yeah. and then force Kirk Myers t- into, like, crazy draws for one. I, we were watching this game, and it was he had to make a draw and, like, touch the side of the button. Yeah, and it twice. Was, twice, and, and he, he made it. it. And it was just like, holy cow, that's, like, such skill – what, very well done, but in the end, all for naught. Yeah, those are the only two points he gets. Matt Dunstone really was in control for a lot of this game, dictated the pace, uh, and dictated what was going on in most of the ends. You know, Kirk Myers did make that. The first one was in the first end, too. Has to draw the corner of the button. Yeah. Uh, like, well overburied on a, around a guard uh, and makes it perfectly. Uh, and what's interesting, too, Scott, in watching this game was that Kirk Myers... You know, the team loses, but Kirk Myers as a skip compared to last year seemed calmer, seemed more in control. Yeah. Like, I had more confidence when he was going to throw those draws than I would have last year in him, right? He just really has seemed to step into this position and, you know, playing for Steve Laycock or playing with Steve Laycock. If nothing else, you learn how to be calm. Yeah. And uh, Kirk Myers did a very good job in, in that role uh, this week. I was very impressed with him. Oh, yeah, real great, real great. And uh, all credit to Team Dunstone. They made the shots when they, they needed to, you know, were able to run them out of rocks at the end of the day. And they looked genuinely very excited to be, yeah. uh, you know, winning this title, going back to the Briar as Team Saskatchewan. Yeah, so it's it's really exciting for them, especially a kid, a kid like uh, Brandon Moscowie, uh, getting to go 
uh, as a Saskatchewan. Well, it's very uh, it's right? very like, good that he won his province and didn't have to uh, and didn't have to get the uh, the buy in through the, the wild the wild card, card, card game. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if, for those who don't know, he tweeted about. You shouldn't be able to win a national championship if you don't win your province. Yeah. Uh, after the Manitoba 2 junior team was the one that won. So, uh, you know, we'll watch that down the road. To his credit, though, somebody did tweet at him and said, would you be the wildcard team? And he said, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he recognizes the uh, <laughs> the gap in logic there Okay. Uh, for Brady Muscari. But, yeah, and that's good for Matt Dunstone. After they won the Grand Slam in North Bay, not the greatest results for them. So, you know, nice to see them bounce back, get the win. They'll be a competitive team there in Kingston in March. Absolutely, Sean. And you mentioned uh, you thought it was the third year in a row for these two teams. It, it wasn't. But perhaps you were thinking about the women's side. Yeah, where it was the third time in a row. Well, that's right. It was the rubber match, yes. I believe, between Robin Silvernagel and uh, one of our favorites, Sherry Anderson. Yeah, so this game, you know, people say a lot that women's sports – gets treated in a second-class manner in this country. And anybody, I would, I would just say, point out that this game was played Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon at 2.30. That's the prime time slot for uh, major sporting <laughs> events. And, uh, you know, so I don't know how anybody could claim that women's sports... Like, it's, it's insane that they did that. Well, it seems... It's insane. There, there, there's no rational, logical reason for that game to have taken place at 2.30 on a Tuesday. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, it seemed instead of running a concurrent event as a bunch of the other provinces did, they ran, yes, they ran consecutive, consecutive events uh, there in Saskatchewan. And, you know, I can understand it. People don't want to necessarily spend a whole week away. Uh, you know, you don't know how much time to book. Oh, geez. So I understand it. But, yeah, I would have preferred. I don't know if I would have preferred it yesterday. We were, we were inundated yesterday. Yeah, so, or Saturday. I don't know. Yeah, I, it was just it was just really weird. Uh, but the game in general, uh, you know, Robin Silvernagel, that team did outplay yeah. Sherry Anderson uh, and her squad. I think not not having the numbers in front of me, Sherry missed a few that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she I think she flashed a couple early even, uh, and and put. Robin Silvernagel in position to score the three that she gets in the fourth end of that game. Uh, the other thing, too, Nancy Martin really did struggle in this game as mm-hmm. well. That So Sherry Anderson, in, in certain situations, was not set up for success. So those are the two things that stood out for me. And Robin Silvernagel didn't play the greatest game I've ever seen from her, but was consistent and was able to, to make the routine shots. So it's hit and stays. The draws into the eight foot, you know, that Mike Harris always talks about. She was able to do that a couple of times. Sherry Anderson wasn't, and with that, you have an eight to five win for Robin Silvernagel, and she will be the host team at the Scotties. Yeah, she mentioned uh, in her interview after the game, uh, they asked, "Oh, what do you think it'll be like, you know, representing Saskatchewan in Saskatchewan?" And she said, "You know, it was just." Amazing to do it at the Grand Slam last year when they played yep. in the Canadian Open to be a Saskatchewan team playing in Saskatchewan. And so she said, with the colors on, I, I can't even picture what it's going to be like. It's going to be so great. So uh, big ups to them. Uh, it was it was a pretty good spiel overall. Sherry Anderson came from the, the fourth spot from the C bracket, I believe, uh, beat uh, Ashley Howard in the semifinal. Yeah, that was a good game. Ashley Howard had to draw, I believe, touched the forefoot on her last rock to win that game, and she was heavy. Yes. So Sherry yeah. Anderson wins via the steal there in the, the semifinal game. Yeah, and uh, beating Penny Barker yeah. earlier uh, in the 3-4 or C versus C game. I can't remember what they call it. But, uh, yeah, so some pretty good talent overall in Saskatchewan. And uh, Robin Silvernagel breaks that tie with Sherry Anderson of having won one Saskatchewan title in each of the last two years. Yeah. Do you think, though, Sherry Anderson, when they get back to the locker room, she just puts up her world championship banners? <laughs> and uh, She she did say on the broadcast, uh, I saw her being interviewed, and she said, can you believe I've been here uh, like 20 years or some, <laughs> something like that? It was some number of, of appearances that she's had in the Scotties. Uh, or maybe that was the number of finals. But anyway, yeah. it's it, she's a legend. Yes. A legend. No, no question. Uh, so we'll look forward to seeing Sharon Anderson uh, at the Saskatchewan Seniors and hopefully at the Nationals again. Uh, so let's move over to Alberta, Scott. The men's competition is not taking place yet. 
We talked about it last week. So on the women's side, though, uh, an, a really fun final, and we get Laura Walker breaking through and winning Alberta. Yeah, Laura Walker's team uh, newly constituted this year, of course, with Kate Cameron, Taylor MacDonald, and Nadine Scotland. We identified them, I think, as one of the favorites yeah. uh, for this event. Uh, the sort of disappointing, maybe you call it disappointing, is that Casey Scheidegger's team struggled, uh, struggled and struggled early. It was Casey's first event back uh, off of maternity leave, and you can understand it. Right, uh, so it's really good to see Laura Walker get her first Scotty's appearance. Yeah, can you believe that? It's crazy. It is pretty pretty nuts, yeah. right? But uh, uh, you you might have liked to see a bit more com- competitive games with uh, the Shy Digger team had they been there. Uh, beats Kelsey Rock in the final. Yep. Uh, they're another young team that are you know on the precipice. They're they're coming and they're good. Yeah, and you know we talked about the. Obviously, Chelsea Carey's not there as Team Canada for the Alberta Provincials. Mm-hmm. And, and from what I saw, I don't mean this is a knock to, to Chelsea Carey, but I didn't really miss her in that there was, there's enough good teams there to have good games, have fun games. It was a really competitive event. And Ch- if Chelsea Carey's there, it adds another team that would be fun to, to pay attention to. But just a really good event there uh, out in Alberta. And, yeah, congratulations to Laura Walker. Uh, I, I don't know who said it to her. Um, maybe it was Kate Cameron as they were celebrating. Uh, she said something like, thanks for not quitting. Or like, I told you you could do it. And mm-hmm. uh, thank you for not quitting or whatever it was. So yeah. a really nice moment there. And it'll be, it'll be fun to see Laura Walker uh, there. And uh, I look forward to, I don't know, what do you think? Two, two and a half times that Brian Mudrick does a live interview with Jeff Walker from the stands. <laughs> like, what's, uh, what's put, the number? Put the over-under <laughs> at uh, one and a half. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so congratulations there. And uh, the final province, Scott, out there in British Columbia. We talked on the men's side. We thought it was uh, either Tyler Tardy or Jim Connors' event there. And that was the final. Yeah. And uh, Jim Conner, Tyler Tardy, they play a close game, but the wheels sort of come off. Tyler Tardy at the end gives up consecutive steals and eventually just uh, is run out of stones. And Jim Cotter is heading back to the Briar. Yeah, heading back to the Briar, undefeated there in Cranbrook this week. Uh, maybe the story, though, Mark Longworth coming through the B event, uh, a sort of a veteran team, also from the Vernon Curling Club. So uh, Jim Cotter famously, I think, uh, according to Vic, plays out of the Vernon yes. Curling Club. Uh, also, the 3-4 game, or the CC game, as it were, uh, Jason Montgomery from the Victoria Curling Club playing Ty- Tyler Tardy. So Tyler having to get through the C bracket yep. to get into that final. Um, yeah, uh, it's sort of what we expected. It's sort of a changing of the guard. Yep. And uh, if that's not the final again for the next couple of years, uh, at least until this cycle is over, I, I would be surprised. Yeah, me too. It, it, it really just depends sort of what happens with Jim Cotter and that team uh, moving forward. And, and it, if anybody wants to stop playing, uh, yeah, right, yeah. That, that, that would sort of, I think, be the only variable there. But yeah, otherwise, you, you would expect this to be a bit of a rivalry uh, in BC going forward on the women's side Sarah Wark and Corinne Brown play in the final Scott you were very invested in this game you had your teamwork t-shirt on I did Sean I had my teamwork t-shirt on it seemed as at the time they got three in the eighth end to take a one-point lead I was feeling really good I said oh boy uh, one up you know they can force them to one have the hammer coming home it'll be great and then they stole one in the ninth yep. uh, Corinne Brown had to make a really tough shot wasn't able to convert uh, she might have even thrown it away to give them a steal of one uh, she was in a lot of trouble there in the ninth and then Corinne Brown takes their two and ten and and Sarah Wark uh, it seemed their team they were trying to play a lot of runbacks and it ended up uh, clogging up the front a little too much. They weren't able to generate much. Uh, we're running out of time in yeah, the extra that, end. That was the pro- I think that was the bigger problem. She changed her last shot in the 11th end from the hack end Yeah, because uh, they were running out of time. Like 30 seconds left, yeah, which, which is insane because I think you get eight minutes or seven minutes for an extra end. No, it's not that. It's like four and a half. Well, it's still a lot. Okay. <laughs> plus, not, you, plus a timeout. It's out. not eight. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's rare that teams run out of time in an extra end because it tends to be pretty straightforward what's going on. Uh, so yeah, a little surprising there. I, but I will say though, you know, yes, Sarawak does give up. It's a steal to lose. But Corinne Brown, you know, to come back after giving up the three and yeah. eight, the steal and nine, she made a, her first shot in 10 was incredible uh, to get a fully buried frozen, mm-hmm. like perfect frozen on her own to sit two behind a corner guard that Sarah Work has to play a double off her own. She almost makes the triple even yeah. out of it uh, if you count the stone of hers that she had to remove to redirect. Just a, a really great shooting display in the 10th then from yeah. both skips. And then Corinne Brown makes the draw to tie the game. So full credit to Team Brown there. You know, sometimes, Scott, we talk about when teams lose on steals that it's more of missing than what the than team the who team steal making. won. This is not that case. This is Corinne Brown and her team putting teamwork in position to have to try a lot of difficult shots. Yeah, I, I'd agree so with you So full there. credit to Corinne Brown there. And this will be a fun team to watch. I mean, the, the Scotties field, we'll, we'll, we'll eventually get to it and, and as we start to look forward to the Scotties. This is not a weak field by any means. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that, you know, world champion, uh, world junior champion Skip, Fun team to pay attention to here. It'll be, yeah. you know, depending on what pool they get, uh, it could be a, a bit of a sleeper. And we've seen uh, last year Sarah Work's team made the, the championship round. Yeah. And uh, the year before, uh, I believe, it was I think it was Kessa Van Osh yeah. was, was there and also snuck in to the bottom of that championship pool or was one game away. My memory fades as time goes on. <laughs> uh, Corinne Brown, though, they, they also beat Sarah Work twice this week. So... Work was the number one team after the round robin, yeah. but lost to Corinne Brown. Her only loss was the round robin loss to, to Brown, and then beat her in the one-two game, lost again right. in the uh, in the final. So uh, credit to Corinne Brown beating uh, her competition twice. Yeah, you know it's what you got to do. Absolutely. So that finishes up the provinces, Scott. Uh, the only new thing that we got from the territories, Jamie Cooey is going back to the Briar for the 47th time, I believe. Yes, he uh, is. And uh, so really no surprises there. They win in Hay River, uh, which is, I believe, where the Northern, uh, the Northwest Territories championship was. Yeah, I believe they have it in Hay River almost every year. Yeah. So. so it's always fun to have Jamie Cooey there. Yeah. Uh, he'll get a TV game and uh, maybe sneak into the, uh, the championship pool. Well, it'd be fun to see him in a, in a pool with Kevin, uh, depending how the seating goes. Yeah, but then you have to see all those sad Fred Cooey shots uh, <laughs> of him being conflicted during the game. Well, it might be the only chance Jamie Cooey has to be on TV, <laughs> and it'll be for about six ends. <laughs> I don't know. He's beaten him before. Yeah, I yeah. remember Sean. I was there. Yeah, they played in the playoffs. Hey, come on, it's not a it's not a given that Kevin Cooey beats Jamie Cooey. Uh, at this point in time, yeah, it's, it is. it's more likely than not, but it's not a given. Oh boy. Well, Sean, we've got to right. get out on the ice soon. So yeah, so that uh, does it. That wraps up. Those are all the provinces uh, and territories that we did not talk about that have finished since our last episode. Let's go real quick, Scott. A lot of live streaming across the country. Everyone except for Manitoba and Alberta had live streams. Those were covered by Sportsnet for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. What was the best live stream? What was the worst live stream and why? All right, Saskatchewan, best live stream. They had a real slick production. You know, it seemed they had the the number of stones left, which is always helpful when you're watching on YouTube and not paying that much attention. Yep. Uh, Good announcers. Yep. uh, Good camera shots. They were able to shift to other sheets pretty easily. Uh, something in Ontario wasn't, you know, they had sort of had to turn the cameras from where they were and look down at an angle. Yeah. Not ideal. Uh, so I give that to Saskatchewan, number one. And Sean, the worst has to be Northern Ontario, yeah, right? Easily. And it's it, not even close. It's not even close. It's not close so, at all. So, you know, good for them for at least having something. But yeah. I don't believe there was sound. No. And that made it made it pretty tough. So... We're getting, we're getting comments that there was sound. Okay, then uh, I was just listening on mute we, because yeah. we had too many screens on yeah, the go. Yeah, it's, you know, yesterday when there was the, there was a brief, like, 10-minute period where there's only one thing going on. So I put curling live stream into YouTube, and I pulled up the St. Paul Curling Club Sunday afternoon Yes, that's draw. right. That was of better streaming quality than the Northern <laughs> Ontario Provincial Championships. Uh, and the guy in the Chicago Blackhawk jersey that had Griswold on the back, made a great draw against four. Yeah, I saw uh, that. You to get the single. Drew the forefoot. Um, so so uh, really, really solid performance there. But yeah, Northern Ontario, it's it's like being in a club, right? It's, it's yeah, yeah. like 
just fixed cameras with really no accoutrement whatsoever. Uh, so it, it was really bad. The, well, um, the other part was we tuned in one time when they were doing the ice, I think, yeah. and uh, the camera overhead was vibrating was and it, yeah. oh, it gave me a bit of motion sickness. Yeah, but, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't very good. So, uh, so yeah, that's definitely the worst. But, you know, New Brunswick's was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Nova Scotia's maybe a bit of a problem with the mic, but pretty good quality there. Uh, as well. The one in Ontario, we're used to it at this point. Yeah. Uh, BC had some CBC access That's right. uh, through it as well. But yeah, Saskatchewan is the gold standard right now for provincial streaming. Everybody who is getting involved in this across the country, watch what they do in Saskatchewan and replicate that. It's amazing. It's great. And it's every game, like every draw, they've got a game on the go yeah. uh, all week. It, it, it's great. Just great. Just yeah. great. The only, the only, my only criticism is that when you have interviews at the fifth end or after the games, generally speaking, you want to ask questions. That's it. That's usually how an interview format works is that one person asks questions. But, you know, Enough overall, uh, if you ever if you see Robin Silvernagel's fifth end interview in the final, just you'll, you'll know what I mean. Um, so that that'll wrap us up for the provincial and territorial champions. Uh, the Scotties field is set two more men's provincials to go and then we'll have a full field for the briar so we'll be back next week to talk about those two men's events in alberta and manitoba with the finals coming up this weekend all on sportsnet yeah it'll be good uh i'm not going to go to them this week but uh be a good tv weekend yeah it'll be another good uh, curling tv weekend and then the week after that, Scott, the Scotties is here. So yeah. we are uh, we are into the heart of the season of champions now. And, Sean, i got a few vacation days left, so uh, might uh, might use one or two and stay home and watch uh, some Scotties. Yeah, why not? Why not indeed? Yeah, so, uh, so that'll do it for this week. We'll be back with you next week for another episode. In the interim, if you have not yet, please do subscribe. Google, Apple, all those places. Do the likes and ratings. Help other people find the show. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. Scott's there at Scott Lakes TV, and I'm at Dr. Shawnee Fever. And as always, you can email the show, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So until we're with you again next week, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.